Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Have you all been able to breathe yet? I mean, it's Monday. It's Monday afternoon. And I'm not convinced that some of you have been able to breathe after that game. Welcome in to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. Buddy, what a day that was. 52-51 the final. If Richard Cross doesn't catch a ball that was sailing out of bounds, <laughs> it would have been 52 to what is 51 minus 6. Uh, 56, 50, 55. 55 yep. That would have been the final score, 52-45. But uh, you know there are actually people that think that if Richard, like, like that are actually mad at him. Oh, boy. <laughs> and think that if he drops that ball or doesn't try to catch it, the game would have ended there. There are people that actually think that. I'm not kidding. Uh, I, I, mean, sh- I guess if that ball is in the air for another half second, does that Well, the really- clock operator screwed up anyway. That play took seven and a half seconds. There were six on the clock. The game was over. It yeah. should have been over. And Arkansas get got to score a touchdown and go for two. Luckily, they did not get it. There's a what lot a catch of catch by Richard, though. One-handed, yeah, snag one-handed with the microphone snag with the, the microphone. Hand. Just let the ball drop next time. <laughs> I guess is a, a lesson learned for him. But so much to talk about with this game. So 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 much to cover with this game. Fifty-two, fifty-one again. The final. Uh, Ole Miss Arkansas would not be Ole Miss Arkansas without a game going like this. Honestly, this is the least surprising outcome in this <laughs> series. It's like, well, the game was played relatively normally. It was just electric. But geez. What a game. So we're going to talk about that, react to the game. I mean, all things considered, the offense was, I mean, obviously it was fantastic, but when you really take into what they were missing, their second leading receiver, their RB1, an offensive lineman, and another one was apparently playing with some kind of ailment, which one was that? I didn't know that. Ben in. Brown apparently oh. w- had some kind of health issue. Some hmm. places were reporting that he had a high ankle sprain or has a high ankle sprain, was playing through it. Man. Uh, I saw somebody say in the pregame that he that ankle was heavily wrapped up, and yet they still threw for 287 and ran for 324 against a very good Arkansas team. So, so much to cover right here on the podcast but first, I want to remind you that it's brought to you by ABS. Advantage Business Systems, absms.com is the website. If you're in the market for any office technology solutions, things like uh, IT projects, cloud storage, data security, phone systems, up to copiers and printers and everything in between, absms.com is the website. Tell them we sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. Also, the weather, by the way, this week, guys, stunning absolutely stunning. You're going to want to get behind the grill, especially Saturday, if you're not making the trip to Knoxville, which I know there's going to be a few thousand Ole Miss fans there, but the rest of you, you're going to need to do some grilling before that game. Perfect time to 6 o'clock. You can spend all day watching football behind the grill. Beautiful weather. Get that weekend started at LB's. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat just across from Kroger on University Avenue. Tell Greg that we sent you. All right. Overarching thought. <laughs> I don't even know where to be. Like, I feel stupid asking that question because there's 12 places you can begin when talking about this game from like a 30,000 feet perspective. But when I say, hey, Ole Miss won 52-51, what, what's your thought? 
All right, do you want my optimistic take or my pessimistic take? Somewhere in between. Okay. Thread that needle. Perfect. Well, (laughs) I'll try to wrap it into one by saying I felt like I was watching a game from Ole Miss 2020 because the (laughs) offense was pretty much perfect, just shy of perfect throughout the entire game. And the defense was the exact opposite of that. I really did not see one positive thing from that defense for the entire game, except the final two-point conversion. Chase Campbell made a couple of plays. There's there's that. Yeah. Very I, think, I can come up with a couple more. Miles Battle needs to play more. He okay. needs to play a lot more. He's the... And yeah. Tyler Knight, I mean, I respect <laughs> the hell out of that kid. He's, uh, I mean, he, he's a, a yapping chihuahua that has a strong bite, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's the smallest guy on the field and plays much bigger than he is. Which, by the way, I went for another checkup on my hand this morning from an actual dog bite. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it all comes the together Tyler as a bite. theme. Oh, God, I can't believe I said that. Can we start over? <laughs> let, me, let me delete that. Jeez, that was so, embarrassing. <laughs> so you're right. There are, there are those kind of positives. That's me being dramatic. But but you're right. In in actuality, watching this defense operate out there, it was like they just didn't have any answers. That three two six is supposed to help, you know, in the passing game because you've got six defensive backs out there. They couldn't cover. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't they couldn't get off the field on third downs. Even if it was a long third down, they would allow Arkansas to cut it to a fourth and one, fourth and two, which they would easily pick up. So it just didn't seem like they had an answer for anything. And then even, you know, there were a couple times where K.J. Jefferson was just like, hey, their defensive backs aren't playing well. I'm just going to throw it up, and my guy's going to beat their guy. Which, other than the Miles battle deflection in the end zone, I think most times Arkansas's wide receivers won over the Ole Miss defensive backs. Yeah, and that that right there is why battle needs to play more. Honestly, uh, a lot of the younger guys... Mm-hmm. Need to play more uh, in the secondary, but uh, I can't help but think, and, and I'm not going to individually call out guys that represent the school well and stuff. They're just not as good. I, like I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's my job at the end of the day, but I'll just put it nicely to be nice to to a, a kid that obviously works very hard and is a great representation of your school. I think on those two plays you're talking about, where Jefferson just kind of threw up a 50-50 ball and almost lost both of them, and it led to a touchdown. I think if Miles Battle were in that position, it doesn't go down quite like that. Right. And maybe they get one out of the two. Maybe they get one out of the two. It's a a 50-50 ball for a reason, but against some of these players on the Ole Miss defense, it's more 75-25. Overarching thought from me is I am not going to do the hindsight thing. Like like inevitably you're going to get from some people. Uh, I know you guys listening don't necessarily care about this, but when Mississippi State beat NC State... I got on late that night on a live stream and then on the radio show and said, that's a good win. There's no other way to spin it. Uh, NC State is not bad suddenly because they lost to Mississippi State. Maybe you can argue they didn't play well, but that's a good NC State team, ranked, by the way, now, to good win, solid football team, just because they lost doesn't make them bad. Same thing here. Yes, it was a chaotic game and Ole Miss gave up a bunch of points, but this is a good Arkansas football team. It is good after they lose to Ole Miss. It is good if they would have gotten that two-point conversion and beaten Ole Miss. Right now, with all the stuff with an incredibly flawed football team, you're at 4-1. and one. 
and you just beat a damn good Arkansas team who has dominating wins over Texas and Texas A&M, which, as we've learned, maybe that's a bit of a better win. What's it called? What's a transitive win now they, that they've got over Alabama then? Uh, Temple has a transitive win over Alabama. Temple beat Memphis, Memphis beat Mississippi State, Mississippi (laughs) State beat Texas A&M, Texas A&M beat Alabama. That's right. Temple has a transitive win over uh, Alabama. And I think Temple lost to – they lost to somebody bad earlier this year, so you could even extend it further. But the point is, this is a damn good Arkansas team. And regardless of how it looked and how it felt, you're 4-1, you're ranked number 13 in America, you're favored on the road in Knoxville. Things are really good for you right now all things considered. But, but there is that thing. Start with offense or defense. Let's start with offense. Oh, wow. See, I told you I was pessimistic. I was going to say defense, but let's go offense. Let's start with offense. Most people out there, I think, are are optimistic, so we'll go with that. Especially after a win. Basically perfect. He was basically perfect in the game, and that guy that tweeted at me a while ago saying that I talk about him too much, well, guess what, buddy? You're going to (laughs) hate this episode. He needed to be basically perfect, and he was. Um, This kid, in the way he plays the game and the way he's played this season, I did not think that there could be that much improvement from one year to the next, but we're seeing it. I mean, look, we knew he had a big arm. He showed it last year. Hell, he showed it in 2019, but he had incompetent coaching that didn't un- didn't unleash it. We know he has a big arm. We know he could run. I, uh, I saw that, somebody describe him as uh, a blue check mark sports writer. Describe him as slow. That but he's guy, deceptive. I'm like, no, he's not slow. He's an athlete. He's a good athlete. Yeah, good runner. Those waters got muddied because of the Plumley yes. thing. Plumley was the runner. Corral was the thrower under Rich Rodriguez and Matt Luke and that whole incompetent staff. But now, people that have refused to, I guess, pay attention to Ole Miss football since then, they describe him that way. Anyone that watches knows that Matt Corral is just an incredible athlete all around. Yeah, I I think the the phrasing was something similar to, and Corral's running all over Arkansas despite being slow. What the hell are you talking about? But anyway, we knew he had great arm strength. We knew he was accurate. We knew he was an athlete and all that. But still, through five games, the zero is the most important number. He threw a couple of times into coverage, more like 50-50 balls, you know, have your receiver go make a play. But it was another performance where in a tight game against a tough opponent where at times you kind of, Felt like you had to score every possession. He did have to. He did, and he executed. Uh, he ran the football well. The, the that one throw when it was tied at thirty-eight to Braylon Sanders that was caught at the one. That was sixty-three or sixty-four yards in the air with just a casual step into. He yep. didn't take multiple steps. Just a casual step in, and I don't think Sanders picked it up well in the air, or he maybe it kind of drifted away from him. He should have scored on that. Plenty of air time for him to have adjusted a little bit, but through two defenders, 64 yards in the air, that that it looks easy, that is a stupid throw. Yep. And that's what he did all game. I mean, carried this football team emotionally, physically. I mean, he runs like he's 240, but he's only 200. Uh, he's willing to take hits. He's willing to take football. a kick to the face. Yeah. That's more targeting than most of targeting. <laughs> yeah. That makes no sense how that's not some penalty. I don't know what even to call that. I know, but kicking a foot to the face should be a penalty (laughs) of some kind. (laughs) 
But it was just one of those days for a, a very special quarterback. He needed to be damn near perfect, and he was damn near perfect and had one hell of a day, and that's Matt Corral. And he kept that zero next to his interception total. He's probably going to throw one at some point. It's going to happen at some point. But the the way he's gone about his business so far this season is an improvement from last year, which is really hard to do because he was special a year ago, had a hell of a game. That's a really good Arkansas defense. I, I had somebody say, well, they've given up 89 points in the last two games. Yeah, to the most talented team in America and the best quarterback in America. <laughs> Yeah, any Arkansas is really good. Lighting them up the way they did is a special performance, and it starts with their signal caller in Matt Corral. He was yeah. exceptional. Yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find a team that wouldn't give up. Maybe not eighty nine points, but give up a lot of points playing Georgia and Ole Miss back to back. That no team is going to hold those two teams collectively no. under, I'd say, seventy points. No, especially was like, well, Georgia's offense is not good. How many teams in America would trade their backfield and offensive line with Georgia's? <laughs> All of yeah, them. I was going to say, Every 128 of them, probably. freaking one of them would do that. So, uh, I hate the I hate the hindsight stuff, Stephen. Going in, oh, Arkansas is really good. Arkansas is good. They can beat Ole Miss. Ole Miss wins. Ah, Arkansas, they kind of suck, man. Yep. I can't stand that. Well, I think it's garbage. Kiffin mentioned that it was either today or after the game. He said, it's interesting how these kind of things play out of, you know, if that two-point conversion is a, is converted at the end. The way it swings perception. It's, uh, well, one team has it figured out and the other team is terrible. Yeah. But it can't work like that. You have to you have to look at both outcomes and approach it the same way regardless of what happens. Yep. People don't like to do that for the most part, but that's how you have to look at it. Mm-hmm. And again, Arkansas should not have been able to score. The game should have ended. <laughs> not that it really matters, but the game should have ended and the two-point conversion should have never happened. But uh, Corral, 14 completions. They didn't throw very much. There were a couple times in the game where I thought they should have. Um, and, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, so Corral's 14-21, 287, two touchdowns, no picks. He also had 94 on the ground. Almost had 300-yard rushers. Almost had 300-yard rushers. And, and did Corral get sacked at all? He did not. So no sacks. Okay, so no negative sack yardage, which is such a dumb thing that we do in college football stat keeping. Uh, Two touchdowns there. Henry Parrish had 111 yards on 18 carries. That's 6.2 per carry. Snoop Connor had 12 carries, 110 yards. That is 9 per carry. Feed that man. He deserves it. He had three touchdowns himself. The Ole Miss offensive line. What a difference. Forget the Alabama game for a second. That's your computer. It's fine. Yeah, It's probably not even registering, really. Um, Sounds like it's about to take off like an airplane for anyone out there, if you can't hear that. What a difference between this game and the two-lane game, the Louisville game. Forget Alabama. Put that aside. Without a starter and with another guard injured, what a performance from the Ole Miss offensive line. For the most part, not always, it wasn't perfect, but for the most part, controlled the line of scrimmage, opened up massive running lanes for their uh, backs. Those two touchdowns, sorry, for Snoop Connor, like you mentioned, just opening up holes that really anyone could have run through. Uh, Just an incredible job by them. Arkansas's front six, especially linebackers, are really good, and they were able to get to the second level and, and block linebackers. They protected Corral well enough. I mean, there were a couple of times where Corral had to evade 
uh, a pass rush, but he was kept clean for the most part. What a performance from that group, who I I can guarantee you was challenged and then some in practice, and the film session was had to have been just hideous. And that's how they responded. That's one hell of a day for the offensive line. The best they've played all year. They looked better against Arkansas with that front six than they did any game this season. That was a hell of a day for those guys. Absolutely. And so I was wrong on both the spread and the over-under. So I'm going to take this one <laughs> little victory lap. Coming into this, I, you know, I said that this was a chance at a bounce-back game, not only for Matt Corral from a year ago, but from the Ole Miss offensive line for the start to the season. And they really did show that. It was a huge improvement from what we've seen. They were able to kind of control the tempo of the game. I said 150 was the number they needed to hit as far as a rushing total. They wildly surpassed that. So I was really impressed with what I saw. And that did take some of the pressure off of Matt Corral having he didn't have to throw the ball yeah. 40 or 50 times where you know you score 52 points you imagine that's the case they were able to run the ball so he didn't have to put himself in that position there were a couple of series and i feel so stupid saying this they scored 52 points against a great defense i say great that's that's a relative term against a very good defense they won't see many better than this one for the rest of the season i think texas a&m possibly uh, State will play good defense, but, uh, I mean, it. this is about as good as you'll see. So I, I feel silly saying this. There were a couple of possessions, though, where I thought they either, A, got too conservative after the Chance Campbell fumble. I hate that little pitch to the near side of the field. Can't stand that. It's the Terrible. worst play ever. Um, that was kind of a wasted possession. You also had a, a, a penalty that brought back what probably would have iced the game. Right. And yeah, Ole Miss was driving, maybe go up two touchdowns late in the fourth. In instead, man downfield, that penalty killed. That was teams. a killer, um, and absolutely the right call. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just kind of wandering in no man's land, seven yards down the field. But uh, that negated what probably would have iced the game right there. Uh, you had the possession after halftime didn't go anywhere, which Ole Miss was up seven after half to get the ball back and and didn't go anywhere. Then they failed on a. They got a field goal right out of half. Ole Miss got a field goal out of half, and then then the next one. Arkansas yep. scored, and then Ole Miss went for it on fourth down, right? Yep. And then held Arkansas to a field goal, which is actually a really nice defensive stand there. All things that considered, was, that was deep in their own territory. And again, yeah. like the like the Alabama game, and the result here was better because they held Arkansas to a field goal. But I st- I still cannot get on board with going for it on 4th and 1 at your own 34. I did love Joe Testator. I mean, just the complete 180 he did from before the snap. Why not, folks? This is what they do. This, is, I mean, you're scoring all day. Why not? And then they don't get it. Greg, tell me how they can make that decision there. It's like, what are you talking about, Joe? You were just cheering it on, you nut. But, yeah, it wasn't perfect. Uh, there, there were a couple of possessions that I thought, uh, whether by penalty, which I think that ices the game if – if that's not a lineman downfield, if he stays within the three yards, I think the game's over on that first down. Yeah. I really do. Uh, but So it wasn't perfect, but it was damn near close. And just a great day for the offensive line, a great day for Matt Corral, a great day for Parrish and Connor, and they just have an embarrassment of riches in the running back room right now. 
Um, and that's why they can sustain that injury to Ely. Again, yep. we talked about it last week. He's an incredible player. But when you have a guy like Snoop Connor that was listed, what, third on your depth chart going fourth into the season? Day. Right. <laughs> at one point. Yeah. yeah, when he's your third or fourth option, you're in a really good position yeah. to, to sustain those injuries. So there's the offense. Now the other side of the field, Ole Miss gave up 51 points. Again, it should not have been 51. It should have been 45. Richard dropped the ball. Uh, K.J. Jefferson was 25 of 35 for 326. He had three touchdowns at one interception at the end of the half. Arkansas ran for 350 on six per carry. Sanders had 140 on eight per carry. Jefferson added 85 on four per carry. Smith added 85 on seven per carry. Um, Okay. I will (laughs) say this, though. There were... One, they only gave up 14 points in the first half, which I thought was a huge win. Yes, it definitely was. And then, then we know what happened down. after. What was frustrating about that is they forced Arkansas into a handful of third and longs, which Arkansas was able to convert because I don't know why they're doing it. I'm not a football coach. Maybe one can explain it to me better. Uh, the coordinators don't get to talk to the media, so nobody can ask DJ Durkin this, but... Ole Miss was not getting home with three. And they would drop eight back into coverage and only bring three at Jefferson, and they weren't getting home. And eventually, somebody is going to get open regardless of how many you have in coverage. If you're only bringing three and the quarterback has an eternity to throw the football, eventually somebody is going to get open, and that happened multiple times in that game. And... What sh- what was a touchdown scoring drive should have ended if not for a face mask. Another touchdown scoring drive was negated by a horse collar penalty. Um, it's it looks bad because it was bad. It was bad. I'm not saying it wasn't bad. It was bad. It could have been not as bad <laughs> if the face mask and the horse collar don't happen. And they bring like one additional guy on third down. Arkansas is a good football team. Jefferson's a good quarterback, not as good as he looked. Yeah, they not made him look like one of the upper tier SEC quarterbacks that we've seen in recent memory. Yeah, he's not, not yet. And who knows? He's a young quarterback. He could develop he's into that guy. Yeah, he certainly has all the tools to do it. But that offense should not have been able to put up fifty-one points. No, and there were missed tackles when guys were in position to make plays. It's another problem. But penalties that changed touchdown scoring drives, uh, almost was able to force Arkansas into third and longs and just couldn't stop them. It it was ugly. It was really, 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 really ugly and bad. And there are things that they do wrong that are not correctable other than getting better players. It could have been better on correctable things. I guess if you're looking for any sign of encouragement, third and long defense and penalties that allowed touchdown scoring drives to continue, if you just clean that up, which is possible to do, it's not as bad. It's still bad. It's just not as bad, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They could have played better than that. They were in position to have put up fewer points than that. I'm looking right now. For for penalty yardage, and I'll let you know if I find it. But wasn't that, is, that many? So it was just the timing of just, the penalties. Okay, 
But th- so far this season, penalties have continued to be an issue. Yeah, for eight this for team. seventy-five, which uh, that's that's a lot. Like eight penalties is not good. Uh, that's good for this team, right? Okay, and so right now, on the NCAA website, statistics for penalty yardage, Ole Miss is one hundred and twenty-ninth. Yeah. So, I mean, that is something where one of the most penalized teams in America. Mm-hmm. They behind. were going into this game, I believe. Okay, so Toledo overtook the top spot, but. You know, in the middle now part of the season, that's something that, you know, you say it's a correctable issue. You hope that it is. At some by, point, you got to right, do it, right? By this point, it doesn't seem to be clicking. It's got to be something they've harped on already. And uh, you're not going to win many close games like this if you continue to, you know, rack up yeah. this kind of penalty yard. Eventually, it's going to, you know, come out where you're not on top because of that. For what it's worth, Arkansas had four for uh, 25. But it's not just. I mean, this is 50 yards plus better than what they've done this season for the most part. (laughs) But it's not just that they had eight penalties. It's when Mm -hmm. they had these eight penalties. Terribly timed uh, situations for almost all of them, honestly. (laughs) So, I've said my piece on the 3-2-6. I really, people are asking for four-man fronts. I I just, who who is number four? I mean, maybe they start going to that eventually, Kiffin doesn't seem convinced that it's just scheme. He thinks that that players are not doing enough. Um, well, and, and there, there were positions there, where, or situations we saw it in the Alabama game, and we saw it this week too, where guys are in the right position, but it doesn't matter what scheme you're in if you can't tackle. Right. You have to be able to tackle. Poor tacklers, lacking physicality. Um, we'll see when Jake Springer comes back. I think that's really important, but um, I just don't think it's a, a people just want to blame Durkin. And I question, especially the third and long situations, you've got to bring pressure. I mean, you've got to. You can't let them sit in the pocket all day long. No, no matter how good or bad, regardless of your defensive backfield, guys are going to get yes. open if the quarterback can literally stand back there for seven seconds sometimes where you know, and, he can And you finally bring pressure and look at what happens. Yep. Uh, things change. There are still personnel limitations on that side of the ball that can only be recorrected can only be corrected through multiple recruiting cycles. Um, I mean, we'll see what kind of changes they make. Miles Battle needs to play more. Uh, it's he, he needs to play more. And he I'm really surprised does. that he hasn't. I thought he played really well last season, and he was just learning the position. So I thought that he would have been a guy right out of the gate that would have gotten a lot of mm-hmm. playing time. Maybe, it, And this is something, too. Like Maybe he doesn't practice well. Right. Or, or maybe... When they go through their walkthroughs and asking him assignments and, and stuff, maybe he just isn't as sharp there. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Uh, but I think it's clear that in terms of actually defending the football and being physical with more physical wide receivers, he's better equipped to do that uh, Plus, than he's most. long, too. This is an era, I think, where long corners really have not an advantage. Every advantage goes to the offense. But having long corners, I think, really helps. and. Mm-hmm. He again. He used to be a wide receiver, so he's yeah. got that height advantage over a lot of guys. And he showed you that in his one deflection too. Turned around. I mean, when he extended his arm, there's no shot that no. it was being caught. None. He's just so long. But we'll see. Uh, I, I think that in terms of talent compared to Arkansas, with Burks and, and Jefferson at quarterback and that offensive line and the running game. I mean, how many teams are as talented as Arkansas? Will Ole Miss play remaining? Tennessee's not there. No. Nope. Auburn's not there. Tennessee may be there offensively. 
based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and maybe that's because they, they've played South Carolina and Missouri. Here's but. your Max Kellerman take of the day. Among those three teams, so Tennessee just beats South Carolina and they, they beat Missouri two weeks ago. Between them and Ole Miss, Ole Miss is the most talented defense that Tennessee will have seen in these three games. There's your Max Kellerman <laughs> take of the day. But honestly, I, I truly believe it. South Carolina's got a defensive end that'll play in the NFL. The rest of the roster is pathetic. Yep. Missouri fired their defensive line coach, and buddy, they suck. North Texas threw for three, 305 and ran for another 190 in their game this past weekend. Yeah, so Missouri is pathetic. I, I actually believe that Ole Miss, and it's, you know, it's like, um, what is a non offensive expression? Um, about, you know, being the best in a group of really bad, it I doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. You know, you get my point, though. right? <laughs> I was trying to think of one off the top of my head, but I get what you're the, saying. Here's uh, maybe this is still offensive, but I feel like it's the less uh, offensive one that I can think of. The skinniest guy at Fat Camp. There you go. Yeah, I think that. that I think, that's I think safe. that gets by. Yeah, that's uh, it, that's what this is. But Ole Miss, I, I believe, is the most talented defense out of those three, for right. whatever that's worth. <laughs> um, you know, it's gut check time for them. Uh, there was. Uh, a guy that didn't play, which is stemming from an internal suspension, disciplinary issues. Uh, there, there's word about walking out of practice because he didn't like a playing time situation on the defensive line. Uh, I mean, who knows how true that is, but that's that's the the scuttlebutt out there, if you will. So it's gut check time for this defense. I saw Jamon Gordon played a little bit more. Um, they can they can play better than they looked. If they just brought some physicality with them, because yeah. they're like you said, they're in position at times to make plays and don't. The the it's over- a pride thing in some yeah. cases with that defense. It's a pride thing, and they've got to find it. The overall physicality thing with this team is interesting and something that I think needs to be watched in this next stretch of games for Ole Miss. You know, against teams like you know Tennessee this weekend, I think is a really big game. LSU, if they decide to not quit at that point, they have obviously talent on their team. Texas A&M, we just saw them beat Alabama, obviously on Saturday. Mississippi State is a really physical defense. And on the offensive side of the ball, Kiffin was asked about, you know, should they have maybe waited to score late to not give Arkansas too much time? And he said, well, our key is, is going fast, and you see what happens when we slow down. You have to find a way to slow things down sometimes, and you have to pick up some of those fourth and shorts, third and shorts. But right now, Ole Miss is not a physical football team on either side of the ball. They're, Matt Corral's physical for the most part, but he's, he's kind of it. Everywhere else, it's all tempo and it's finesse and it's speed. If you knock them off of their pace like Alabama did, I haven't yet seen the ability for them to, to fight through that and play a different style and be successful with it. We'll see if Tennessee is able to do that. Caden Costa missed an extra point. Holy crap. And then he came back and, uh, I mean, that will – I'm pulling was, it up right now. I think it was a 50-yarder. Um, which Yeah, 50-yarder, which would have been good from 60. Yep. It was a really nice kick. And, and you know, it, it's funny to say in a game that was 52-51 with all the scoring that went on, but I felt like that was a really important moment for – this Ole Miss football team is yeah. seeing that kick go through, especially after the missed How extra point. How comfortable it looked too. It's yep. just uh, like that. That's what happens, and that's why 
oh, I'm not going to make anybody mad because those of you listening will probably uh, probably still laugh at the situation. But that is why you move on from a local politician's uh, <laughs> offspring and get the better kicker <laughs> because of that right. right there. That's why you do that. Uh, retweet that one. Um, but anyway, it was a good day. I mean, it's a good win. Arkansas is a good football team. They, they are Ole Miss is very flawed, but they're 4-1. and one. They're number 13 in America. You have the best quarterback in the country playing at a high level. Very Your offensive clearly. line looks like they improved a lot week over week. Mm-hmm. We'll see, man. Yeah, and I say very clearly the best quarterback in the country after seeing what else developed out there. In yeah, Rattler got landscape. benched. Uh, Howell is uh, he's terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, Bryce Young was so bad in College Station. His numbers look good because of volume. Right. He had a bad game. Yeah, I they mean, had to just keep winging it all over the place because they were trailing most all of that game. Missed multiple open receivers. Uh, I mean, it's kind of corralling an island of one right now, regardless of what the Heisman on say. Right. He's still second in some places. At the Barstool book, he's first <laughs> for whatever that's worth. But big win, good day. I mean, again, flawed team. When you beat Arkansas, this Arkansas team, it's a good day. It's a good win. That's all it is. No other way to spin it. They got to play better defensively, and it starts this weekend in Knoxville. It's going to be nuts mm-hmm. and not absolutely freaking nuts in Knoxville. And we'll talk about that and more on Wednesday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow, Wednesday. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.